You're listening to She Said What with your host, Alyssa Harper. Yes, you are. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. This is my first episode in a few weeks now. It's been a little bit crazy because we had Christmas and I actually got COVID as well, which I'll tell you about in a little bit. But this podcast is going to be all about being bi. I haven't really come up with the title, to be honest. If you guys don't know, I am bi and I haven't really spoken too much about it on social media um, other than maybe on TikTok because I'm a little bit more loosey-goosey on TikTok. But I... I want to do a proper podcast talking about it to kind of answer some questions that you guys might have, which I I did ask on my stories and I got a bunch of amazing questions from you guys. So thank you for that. So I'll be going through some of those and I'll be giving you some resources as well. If you're someone who you might still want to explore your sexuality a little bit, if you aren't quite sure, you know, what you think and you just kind of want to get some tips on going through that and what that actually looks like, then this is a great podcast for you. If you just want to learn more, about bisexuality or about me. This is a great episode for you. And I hope you guys enjoy this. I hope you get something out of it. And I'm just excited to be opening up and to be sharing this part of me with you guys because it's a huge part of who I am. And it's really important that we talk about sexuality, of course, on the podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy and let's get into it. So like usual, I do want to give a bit of an update. So hopefully my voice is sounding clear enough for you guys. I did have COVID. I'm actually in my last day of isolation. Woohoo! I've been locked inside my home for 10 days. So if I'm a little bit crazy, that's why. But yes, I had COVID. My first day was hell. I had a fever. I All of the symptoms that you see on like any poster for the last two years, I had them all. Like I had them all. It was horrible. I was like shaking. I had chills. It was just like hell. And of course I'm double vaccinated. So the fact that like I was like that and I was vaccinated, like thank God I was vaccinated. Imagine not being vaccinated. Like what would have happened to me? I would have literally been on my deathbed like horrible. Anyways, so I'm very thankful to be vaccinated. I'm very thankful that I'm over it. I had a few days that weren't amazing. Like from that first day, I didn't have a fever past that first day. It was literally just that first day. That was hell. And then the next few days were just kind of like aches and pains, like had a cough, had a sore throat, um, was super fatigued, like super, super tired throughout the day. Couldn't really do much. Had, you know, very little energy. Um, and now basically it's, look, it's been 10 days. I'm basically a hundred percent now. Um, I have a teeny, tiny, tiny cough and I've noticed I've had some like random stomach issues as well. Like after I eat, I feel a little bit nauseous and I'm like, Hmm, that's random and kind of, you know, not super normal for me. Um, but other than that, like I've had quite a few people tell me it can take up to a month even longer, but potentially up to a month um, for like around a month for you to kind of get back your energy and everything. So that's okay. I'm just being patient. I'm trying to take things slow and trying to take care of my body, you know, day by day, one day at a time. Um, But it's fine. The weirdest thing that happened actually was, I think it was on the second or no, I think it was on the third day because I was actually feeling so much better. And I was like, wow, like, I can't believe I'm already so much better. Like I wasn't sick the whole week. This is amazing. And then out of nowhere, I lost my taste and my smell. And it was actually, it was more taste than smell that I lost. 
but that was the freakiest thing. Cause then I just started going crazy and started watching all these TikToks and like researching and doing all this stuff and watching videos of people who like hadn't, you know, gotten their taste back for months and months. And it scared the shit out of me. And I literally was, Oh, I went down a whole rabbit hole. I do not recommend doing that. Um, don't Google all your symptoms ever just for anything. Um, but yeah, so that was the worst part, but honestly that probably only lasted like maybe 48 hours tops. By the end of it, I was basically 100% back to tasting everything. And now I would say I'm 100% for sure. So that was the weirdest thing. But anyways, enough talking about COVID. I'm sure you've heard enough about it this past year and actually the last two years really. But we're going to move on. Let's get into the actual topic of today. Guys, to be honest, I'm a little nervous. Like I'm a little nervous to be talking about this. Um, I've only actually come out properly like out loud to people when, you know, when people ask me, what's your sexuality? And instead of saying straight, I say bye. That's only actually happened in the last, maybe I want to say just over six months, like to a year ish. Like it has not been long. And that's why I actually kind of think it's like a good chance for me to talk to you guys about it. Cause it's all so fresh and like all the hardship that I've experienced through it has been very fresh and, um, all the amazing things that have come out of it and the self growth and everything that I've experienced that's come out of it has been so fresh for you. And so I hope that this is something that can really speak to you guys. If you are questioning your sexuality or you just want to learn more about sexuality, like good for you. That's amazing. Um, you know, if you're an ally, um, if you have someone in your family who is bisexual or someone that you know, who's bisexual, or even just doesn't, identify as straight and you want to have a better grasp of understanding the LGBTQ plus community, then look, I'm your girl. I'm so happy that you're listening today. And I'm probably just going to get it right into kind of the first question. Actually, what I'll do, I'm going to quickly give you guys just the definition for bisexual. I tried to do this with as many terms as I could throughout um, that I thought might be a little bit iffy for some of you, just so you're not having to Google things halfway through this whole podcast. Sorry if you do have to a little bit. I tried my best with this. Um, (laughs) But this is the definition for bisexual. So it says, this is from positivesexuality.org. It says, sexual attraction to your gender and other genders. And the reason I'm giving you this definition is because the first question I got asked is what is the difference between bi and pan for you personally? What, why do you use bi instead of pan? And when they say pan, they're saying pansexuality. And the reason I'm going to give you the definition for that in a second, but the reason that people say that bisexuality can be a little bit like problematic in theory is because bi means two. Like anytime you hear bi, that's going to be two which means that this name of the sexuality itself can seem like it's only acknowledging two genders. And obviously we know, well, I mean, I, I don't know. I believe, I don't know what you believe. I don't know who you are. Hopefully um, you can acknowledge that there is more than two genders, you know, that we see non-binary and that we, we see, you know, more than two. Absolutely. And so the problem with bi, of course, is that it's it's two. But a lot of people don't actually see bisexuality that way. They don't say, oh, you know, if I say bisexuality instead of pansexuality, that means that I only acknowledge two genders. It's more to do with what term sits more comfortably with you, which I'll explain in a second. But the definition for pansexuality is attraction to people regardless of gender. So I know it seems very similar, but if you can look at bisexuality as attraction to your gender and others, 
and then pansexuality as attraction to people regardless of gender, if you are someone who's actually having to choose between those two things, it actually does feel like a big difference. And it actually, like when you can look at the two together, you can actually kind of try to figure out what feels best for you. Um, even just based off the word, how you've heard it used, like there's so many things that go into it. Um, a lot of the time people use pansexuality and bisexuality interchangeably. Um, some people will literally use both to just describe themselves. I personally don't use pansexuality. It just doesn't fit with me. And to be completely honest, for me, the first time I was able to like look at myself in the mirror and say, I'm bisexual, I cried and it felt like this is me. You know, wow, I'm actually getting like a little teary-eyed. Very weird for me (laughs) because I don't talk about this that much with people, you know? And um, when I then thought, oh, maybe I'm pansexual because then I understood this. I understand that I understood that there was this issue kind of with bisexuality, um, which I I shouldn't say that. I don't believe that, but I I felt, oh my gosh, there might be an issue. Am I doing something wrong by saying I'm bisexual? I started to try to think, do I think of myself as pansexual? And I just couldn't feel comfortable with it. And that's usually going to be a lot of the time how people are figuring out what their sexuality is. I thought I might mention another two as well. There's also omnisexual. The definition for this as well is whereas pansexual is attracted to people regardless of gender, sometimes called gender blind, omnisexual folks see gender and are still attracted to a variety of people. So some people use omnisexual. And then there's also polysexual, which is attraction to multiple genders or types of people. It could be considered an umbrella term under which you'd find bisexual and pansexual. So polysexual can be related to, oh, also polysexual can be related to gender identity. So Again, I know it can seem confusing. We have pansexual, we have bisexual, we have omnisexual, we have polysexual. To you, it might seem like they are just all kind of the same thing, and that's okay. People might use them interchangeably even to describe themselves, and there's nothing wrong with that, but that's just to give you a little bit of knowledge there. I personally love the term bisexual. I like bi. It makes me feel very comfortable, and it was the first term that made me feel like I was myself. And I think that's why I've stuck with it. It's pretty rare that you come across people who are genuinely like hurt by the word bisexual. Like most people understand if you're going to say you're bisexual, you're not out here being like, sorry, only two genders. I love them all. I I love both of them, but only two genders. Most people can understand that that's not what you're saying. Um, But just so you know, that is a thing (laughs) that I had to kind of figure out. But that's that's, that's that. Um, I want to talk quickly about what bisexuality is not, because I think that will help you understand more about people who are bisexual in general. Number one, I wanted to say is that bisexual, bisexuality, bisexuals (laughs) are not greedy. It's not about wanting more. It's not about wanting to have sex with all these people. (laughs) It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with, and this is number two, hypersexuality or a high libido. It has nothing, nothing to do with how much you want. And I think that's a big misconception. Um, You can be bisexual and also be asexual. And for those of you who don't know, asexuality is a term that means that someone has a lack of sexual attraction to others or a low or absent interest in or desire for sexual activity. So you can be bisexual and also be asexual. So it's it's not, bisexuality isn't about wanting more. It's not about having a high sex drive. Um, and that's definitely a big misconception. 
Another one, number three, is bisexuality does not mean that you are more likely to cheat. And it does not mean that you can't be satisfied by just one person. Um, This also means that it doesn't mean that you are uncommitted. And it doesn't mean that you can't be monogamous because although you do get people who like not just by people, but you, many people who are in open relationships and open relationships work well for many people, you can definitely get people like myself who are by who don't actually want to be in an open relationship. They actually want to be committed to the person that they've chosen. Um, but they, you know, they're, they're not planning on <laughs> cheating or being uncommitted just because in theory they could like someone or be sexually attracted to someone of any gender. So hopefully that clears that up for you as well. Another thing, and this is a huge one, especially for bisexuality, is that bisexuality is not defined by who you're dating. Because this is hard, unless you are polyamorous and, or unless you are in an open relationship, if you choose to be bisexual, if, or if you are bisexual and you choose, sorry, to be in a relationship, you are going to be with one person. That person might identify as many different things, but they're going to identify as that one thing. And like myself, I am with a man who identifies as straight, but that doesn't make me straight. So it's not defined by who you're dating. Like if I had chosen a woman to be with or to marry or whatever, that doesn't make me a lesbian. I'm still bi. (laughs) And I think that's another thing that people don't really realize. And that's what takes me kind of to my last one, which is that bisexuality is not confusion (laughs) and it is not a temporary sexuality. So bisexuality is not something that you just kind of hang out at until you decide whether or not you're gay or straight. That's not bisexuality. Um, And again, like it's okay if you've had these thoughts and you've wondered that or you've thought that because there isn't great education on this, as we know. Um, We talk all the time on this podcast about how, you know, sexual education is just not it. Um, But I just want to clear up some of those things because I think it's important. You might not even have realized that you kind of thought those things until I said it. And so that's why I just kind of wanted to bring it up. Um, I'm going to go into now the next question, which is, have I always known? And do I have any early memories that felt like clues? So, this is very funny, actually, because it's it's weird when you look back to situations when you're younger or even when you hear of younger people, like quite younger people um, exploring their sexuality, a lot of the time they're not talking about who they want to have sex with, right? Because they're going to be a lot younger. Um, Obviously, it's not appropriate at certain ages um, and they're not thinking that way, but they can recognize things like attraction Um, and the things that maybe say, if you are a straight girl and you picture that kind of like giddiness you would have around, um, a boy when you were younger or that kind of like, like, Oh, they make me nervous or whatever. All those little feelings, they are still being felt. And I think that's what makes it hard. Um, and why people, you know, this is a whole conversation and I'm not going to honestly go into this at all. But when we talk about sexuality in children and like sexuality in young people, people think it's about sexualizing kids. And obviously it's not. It's about recognizing that attraction is something that you do have when you're younger. Um, And a lot of the time it's like, 
glorified and it seemed to, it, it's made to be this like really cute thing, you know, like, oh, I'm going to have a kid when my best friend has a kid and then our kids are going to date growing up and then they're going to get married. And then like, you know, or you have like the grandma being like, oh, sweetie, you have a little boyfriend at school. That's so cute, you know? Um, so people, if it's in a straight relationship, a lot of the time they'll applaud it. Um, but then if you want to talk about sexuality, when it comes to anyone under the age of 18, everyone suddenly is like, why are you sexual? Like, why are you sexualizing children? And that's obviously not what we're doing. But anyways, I just wanted to say that before I got into it, but I would say some of the main (laughs) clues, if you will, that I had was, I would get very blurred on the lines between things like, do I like her? Or do I want to be like her? You know, do I think she's hot or do I just want to look hot like her? And that was really confusing for me. Now I can look, uh, now I look back at it and I'm like, oh, okay. It's because I'm just femme and I'm attracted to honestly, not just femmes, but I think predominantly other femmes as well. And that's what made it so confusing for me because I was like, am I just attracted to my own features? And does that make me weird or crazy? And it was honestly, is very like, very confusing and made me feel very guilty. It made me feel very, um, like, I don't know, just like there was something wrong with me. Like, why am I looking for those features in someone else? Like, why can't I see those features in men? Or like, it was just confusing. It was just confusing. That's the only way I can describe it. I'm trying to describe it to you guys, but Anyways, for example, I had like uh, a background on my, I think it was like an iPod touch. Oh my God. (laughs) On my iPod touch. And it was this photo of Megan Fox. And look, if you, it's a, it's kind of like, if you know, you know, but like, it's this photo of her and she has like a cherry in her mouth. (laughs) If you honestly, this is a, if you know, you know moment. Um, and I remember having it as my background on my iPod touch. It was like, it's quite a sexually like explicit photo for a young person to see, but It's funny because if boys my age at the time would have had that on their phones or their iPods or whatever, people would be like, ew, like, what's wrong with you, Connor? Take that off your phone. Like, you creep, you know? But for me, it was fine. (laughs) For me, it was completely fine, which is great Um, at the time. You know, I love that for me. Um, But it's just funny. Like, that was random things that I did. Like, really, not just being like, oh, she's so pretty, but being like, oh my God, she's so hot. (laughs) And then being like, okay, there's something here, you know, but never really knowing how, knowing how to acknowledge it. Cause I didn't have the voices in my life to help me understand it. Um, I definitely wouldn't have asked the questions and I didn't even really know because the education just wasn't there. So another one is having certain friendships that always kind of felt really high stakes. And I've heard this before, so I know this is a somewhat common experience, but things like having a friend that you'd be around and it would be like, it would make you nervous in a similar way. And this is kind of what I was talking about earlier, a similar way that being around a guy your age would make you nervous. And I think for a long time, I kind of thought, oh, like maybe it's just social anxiety. Maybe it's whatever, but it wasn't all girls. It was just like certain girls, right? And certain boys. And then I was like, that's because I'm a I think it's because I'm attracted to them. But then I was like, no, no, that doesn't make any sense because I'm straight. Because I just thought, like, I think my whole life, or at least when I was younger, I only really knew straight and gay. And so I thought, well, I know I'm not gay because I like boys, right? Like, I've had my little boyfriends growing up in grade two, and I would pretend I had a little boyfriend, and, you know, we would hold hands on the playground, like, that kind of stuff. Like, I had that, and I had a family that very much, like, thought that was cute and joked about it and, like, joked about me having all these little boyfriends and, like, very much kind of supported it in a way. 
And so I thought like, no, 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 I'm definitely straight. I can't be gay. So, or I can't be a lesbian or whatever. So I didn't really understand it. So again, that was just another thing. Another feeling that I had was that like this relationship is very high stakes. And I'm nervous around them. Like, um, having girlfriends where it's like, I really wanted their approval. And by girlfriends, I just mean girls who were my friends, um, really wanting their approvals. Another thing was like, <laughs> this is kind of funny. And I don't, I, this is the thing is I know this isn't like creepy again. I'm young, like innocent, had no idea, but even something like a sleepover, I would feel like nervous. I would be like, Oh my God, sleepovers. So nervous. Like obviously if it was towards, if it was with a friend that I was just a friend with and there was no attraction, I'm not, it wasn't every girl, you know, it wasn't every person, but the odd girl that I would get nervous in front of, or I probably had some attraction to, or now looking back, I can definitely acknowledge that I had attraction to, I would feel like, oh my God, I shouldn't be having a sleepover with them. Like, I'd feel like I was doing something bad, um, which is really funny because I was kind of like cross, crossing a line mentally that I didn't realize I was kind of crossing. I don't even mean in a bad way. I just mean that my brain was going somewhere that their brain probably could have never gone. And I just didn't understand it at the time again. Um, I would say the last thing that kind of helped me realize that I always was kind of meant to be a part of this community was that I always felt really connected to the community. And I would see stories of like hate crimes and things that would happen to people of the LGBTQ plus community. And it would make me cry. Like, oh, and I had, I had gay friends and I had people in my life that I had such a heart for, like such a heart for, and I don't think I understood why. Like, I just thought, wow, I'm such an ally. (laughs) I'm such a strong ally. And I remember there was literally like a TikTok going around about this, like maybe a year ago, joking about like people saying to you, wow, you're such a good ally. And in your head, knowing that you are not straight. And literally that was me, like constantly being in the situations. And I remember like, this was actually more recently, even year, no, maybe two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, where I was like invited to a a Christian LGBTQ plus community night thing. Um, And I remember just thinking like, I don't want to go as an ally though, but I know I'm like, I know I'm queer, but I, I, I don't, I haven't come out. So like what I can't go, you know, and I wouldn't let myself go, which is sad. Cause I, at the time, like now I look back and I'm like, I should have gone, you know, but that's another thing, just that I felt really connected to the community and I knew I was like a quote unquote really strong ally, but I also knew that the word ally just felt like BS, but I just kind of, it was the only thing I had at the time. Moving forward, next question is, this is such a good question actually, if you're bisexual, do you have a preference on gender or is, or is it just if it's hot, it's hot? Such a good question um, because this is actually like a very common question um, of like, is there a preference? Where do you sit on like the scale? Um, and honestly, I think so going back to talking about, you know, when I was younger, Um, even like when I was in high school, I used to say that I was attracted to people's energy. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to take you through my little, this is what I went through. So I used to say I was attracted to people's energy, but I was very involved in like a lot of Christian spaces. And if you say the word energy to like anyone who's like a, you know, proper Christian, they're going to be a little bit triggered and they're going to go, energy doesn't exist. And what is this energy bullshit you're talking about and whatever. So they don't like that. So you can't say that. And so then, and I was trying to be like not too gay, but I wanted to 
basically say that I wasn't just straight. Anyways, so then I started saying, oh, I'm attracted to people's personalities. But then I felt like that person who was always trying to pretend that looks doesn't matter to them. You know, like, oh, I'm just, a practi- I'm just attracted to personality. I don't see, you know, people's looks. I don't care about their body. I don't care about whatever. And I was like, that's not true. Like, I, I know that that felt dishonest, but I, it was the only way I could describe how I was feeling. Like, I'm attracted to, you know, the way someone presents themselves, their personality. And like, I literally would say this all the way up until, you know, two years ago or whatever. I would always say that I'm really attracted to personality. I don't know what it is. Like, even for me, a lot of the time, if I had a really good connection with someone, physical attraction would actually come after and it would be like that the person I would really connect with first. Again, didn't really realize that that made so much sense with my bisexuality. But at the time I was just like, I don't know, maybe I'm not as self-centered as I think I am, but apparently not. Anyways, next, then I kind of realized how fluid I was because of the way that my friends would talk about women. Um, even like, I don't know if there's a woman that we'd both look up to, like some model or whatever, and we'd be talking about it and they'd be like, wow, she is so beautiful. Oh, what I would do to have boobs like that. And in my mind, I would be like, what I would do to hold boobs like that. You know what I mean? It was just different. It was like, oh, like, they don't like, you know, I'm not trying to sexualize this woman that I'm talking about. Again, this is theoretical, but not that I would just see women as like, oh, like meat, like I want them, like whatever. But there was a line that they don't cross, like straight women don't cross in their minds that mine would always cross. <laughs> and then I think I kind of realized like, okay, honey, like you're a little, you're a little fruity. It's okay. It's okay. And so Again, I knew there was something going on, but I didn't really like know what to do about it. I didn't know how to explain it. So again, I would just kind of say, yeah, I'm attracted to personality, whatever. And then another thing that kind of started happening maybe like a year and a half ago. So as we're kind of going through here, like I started seeing content from different queer people and it was so helpful for me. And as I'm going through, especially at the end, I'm going to give like specific tips on exploring your sexuality and what to do and how to explore and what does that look like? And I'm going to give all that a little bit later. Um, but one thing I literally was doing at the time was I was watching like TikToks (laughs) and I was getting the algorithm to see that I liked watching queer content so I could get the content in front of me. So I could kind of see if I related. And honestly, it was so helpful. And I know it seems so silly, like, oh, I watched TikToks and that's how I figured out I was queer. But when you can understand all the jokes on like a deep level and it actually genuinely makes you feel like validated for the first time about that thing, it's like, wow, like it's a good feeling. It's a really good feeling to feel like someone actually understands you and gets you. And I mean, that's a huge just human condition thing in general is that we're constantly trying to be a part of a group and it's even a survival thing. Like it goes back in history. It makes sense. Um, but I, that feeling of validation and you'll hear me talk about this a lot. Being, being validated is so important in your sexuality. And once you start to feel that it's like, it becomes like not a, I want it to say addictive. I don't even mean it that way. It's just, it becomes like comforting and it feels like something that it's like taking a a deep breath and like being able to finally exhale a little bit. And that's how it kind of felt for me when I started seeing that content. So from there, this was probably about a year ago-ish, 
I got to the point where I was like, I could not stop thinking about it. I was like, I know I'm something. I know I'm not straight. I don't know what it is. And I I was pretty sure I was bi because it made sense, even with like my history, um, like sexually and whatever, it made sense. Like, not that you need to, and I'll talk about this later, but not that you need to justify your sexuality through um, your experiences sexually because you absolutely do not. Like, I had the experiences, you know, like I was like, it's, it's obvious there's something here, but I was still telling people I was straight. Cause I just like, couldn't admit it. Or like, I couldn't agree to any one thing. Anyways, I was Googling, am I bi? And I was watching like YouTube videos on like how to figure out if you're bi. And it was so funny. Cause I'm this whole time I'm doing my quote unquote research because that's what I do. I'm very analytical. And I realized that I wasn't trying to figure out whether or not I was bi. But whether or not people were going to believe me and I was trying to figure out if I fit in. And again, it just goes back to that, that feeling of that need to fit in. And so many people struggle with it. Again, I think everyone does, at least in a, in a small way. Everyone wants to be a part of something. Everyone wants to fit in. And I was just trying to figure out if I like fit the bill, but I knew. I knew I was bi. Like, I freaking knew it. <laughs> um, anyways, so continuing on with this question. So that's kind of where I ended up. Then once I realized, okay, that's it. I'm bi. That's it. That makes the most sense. I was able to write it down. I was able to say it out loud. I was able to look at myself in the mirror and think about it. Like, I was, you know, I was like, I was like okay, you know what? This is cool. I can do it. I like, I feel like this feels right. This feels me. That's when... I kind of was introduced to this idea of like percentages and like, you know, preference, like it's okay. You know, you can be bi, but you can prefer one gender. And then I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. So my response to going back to the question is that I personally haven't committed to any kind of split, like 70% like straight and 30% this way. Like I haven't really done that. Um, to me, just for me, of course, it takes away from this feeling and this belief, this strong belief that I'm fully bi. I think for me, it kind of invalidates my bisexuality for me. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing it. Do whatever makes you feel comfortable. Um, but I haven't really, I can't say I have like a certain percentage or a split cause I don't really think that way. Um, Again, for a long time, I told myself that I was straight, but open. And um, I said this to people, like people would ask me like, oh, well, what are you? And I would say, you know, I'm straight, you know, ish, or I'm straight, but like curious. And I hated that. Like, again, it made me feel so dirty because it, it, it like, I don't know, it just felt like it didn't feel like me. It felt like I was lying. And the thing is, is that I, I wasn't lying at the time. I think straight was the only thing that I knew. So I would say straight and there's nothing wrong with saying that you're straight until you figure out you're something else. And there's also nothing wrong with coming out as one thing and then coming out again later, because that happens all the time. You would be shocked if you don't know much about the community. Like that happens all the time. People come out all the time. It's like, I'm gay. And then they realize actually, and I'm, I'm non-binary as well. So I'm gay and I'm non-binary. And then people come out as, t- turns out I'm not gay. Like, I think I'm actually more open than that. I don't know. Maybe I'm pansexual and I'm non-binary. And then you start to move into more and more into who you're comfortable into into realizing who you are. And there's nothing wrong with that. So again, like, 
it's okay to say that you are whatever you feel you are. Don't feel like you owe anyone like a final answer. None of that. Like literally none of that. There is no worrying about like the phrases that you hear people say like, it's just a phase. Like don't be scared you're going to prove them right. It might be a phase of you exploring your sexuality and then just realizing, you know what, I'm straight. And there's nothing wrong with that. We don't have to see going through phases of learning and growth as negative. That is a horrible, why would we assume that? Like, and I just think it's really important that we realize it's okay. It's okay to explore. You don't have to have a solid answer. And if someone ever asks you, what's your sexuality? And you don't know, you can say, honestly, I'm not super comfortable answering that question right now. And that there needs to be respect for that. And that's perfectly fine. Um, another thing I wanted to point out as well is understanding the spectrum and something called split attraction. This, even, even Googling split attraction and using some of the graphics might help you if this is something that you're really like, if you are so unsure, if you're like, I know I've got something going on, but I don't know what my deal is, <laughs> look up split attraction because it breaks things down into like romantically, sexually, and, and, and it really helps you understand that there are so many different versions of attraction and it can help you understand yourself to like a really detailed point to the part, to the point that you can then start to kind of summarize that for yourself, if that makes sense. So kind of like really open up so you can bring it back in if that's what you want to do. Um, but talking about split attraction, for example, you could be romantically attracted one way and sexually attracted another way. And again, this is way more common than you would think. For example, you could be heterosexual, homoromantic. Um, and look, there's a lot to explore here <laughs> and having the words to explain who you are and having the words to explain how you're feeling is incredibly empowering. So learn the terms, not so that you can, you know, stand for yourself in the community and make sure that you look like you're being a good gay, but so that you can understand yourself, take some time to understand these terms because that helped me so much. Anyways, moving on. Next question is does being bisexual affect a relationship with someone of the opposite gender? This is a very good question. Um, look, I'm going to answer kind of more broadly and then give you my experience a little bit later, but I would say not always, right? But sometimes what often happens is straight men, and again, this is very stereotypical. This isn't always, but a lot of the time, straight men will just say things like, oh, that's cool, you're bi. That's, you know, that's hot. And you know, or they don't really seem to care. They're like, oh, okay, cool, whatever, right? Or they say it's hot and like they kind of like sexualize it a bit, um, which is definitely invalidating and can often feel like shit. But just realistically, that does happen a lot. Um, just to give you guys perspective, um, it's easy to move on from, I feel like. And I think we're pretty used to giving um, men excuses for certain things. That's just patriarchy. Okay. That's not me being a man hater. You guys know I hate that. I think the whole men are trash thing is bullshit um, and wrong. And you should never say that. But um, I think it's easier to move on from in a way. Um, the other, I would say in comparison to the potential issue that you could have with being with a woman when you're bi, which I'll talk about in a sec. But the other thing is that 
a lot of the time straight men will just be like, oh, maybe I'll get a threesome out of this. And again, it's another stereotype that you hear a lot about bi people is, oh, they're going to want to have threesomes, which is not always true. Okay. It's not always true. Um, you definitely get people who are bi who want to, I mean, it makes sense, you know, but if people don't want to, they don't want to. And we cannot, cannot be assuming that about people. Okay. Look, the, and then the thing with being with a woman is that sometimes, again, this is not always, of course, not always. Sometimes it can scare off women who only like women. Usually just it usually comes from like biphobia in the LGBTQ plus community. And I'm going to talk about this properly in a sec, but a lot of the time there can be this like discomfort with the idea of you being with a man or having male partners, especially for a woman who only likes women. Cause it's hard for people just, just even in general to see another situation, right? It's hard to step into someone else's shoes sometimes. And you do get that. And again, the problem with the whole biphobia thing is that sometimes you can feel like women don't want to be with you because you're not gay enough, you know, but then guys potentially don't want to be with you because they think it's a little bit weird that you have this side to you that they maybe don't agree with, or they, they, you know, don't align with, or you feel sexualized in the situation because you think that they see all these stereotypical things about you. Like I mentioned at the start, like you're going to be more slutty. You're going to be wanting more partners. You're going to cheat. You're going to do all these bad things because you're bi. Um, and that's just kind of like the realness of it, to be honest. I don't want to say anything that's incorrect here and feel like I'm misrepresenting people because again, you guys know I'm literally married to a straight man, um, a straight white man. So love him to death. But that is a very common issue that by women run into to the point that there it can make you feel genuinely unsafe um, as well. If you're telling someone that in public, you know, or in a, a dark like club, imagine, right? You're telling someone, yeah, I'm bisexual, whatever. They go, ooh, that's hot. They think that you're open to certain things that you might not be open to. So anyways, that's just being real with you guys, but that's kind of sometimes an issue. Regardless of all of that, What I would say is that what is so important for you as someone, if you are bisexual, pansexual, if you, you know, are someone who might be dating someone who is straight and might not really understand your world a little bit or might not understand much with the community because they don't have that connection to it that you do, you need to be with someone who is going to be fully supportive of you in that community. Someone who is obviously going to believe you, someone that is going to validate you, someone that is going to um, believe that there's nothing wrong with it, which is very important. Um, And if you are with someone who is not going to be supportive of the whole community, that's not an excuse just because they support you, if that makes sense. So if I'm with a man, right? And he says, oh, I love that you're bi, babe. That's great. Maybe we'll have a threesome sometime. But that man can't also respect and love someone who is trans, then that's not cool with me. Um, This is, again, it's a big struggle. And I am not going to look at a woman who is in a relationship with a man who, you know, says some homophobic comments here and there and tell her, girl, you got to get out of there. But in a way, if you're bisexual and you want to be liberated in your relationship, you want to feel comfortable, 
you by at least by the minimum minimum have to have that conversation. You need to communicate clearly. Look, I need you to be supportive of me. I need you to be supportive of this community. I need to feel validated in my sexuality to have a healthy relationship with you because if you are not, it will break down eventually. And even though right now you might feel like oh, like it's fine. Like he knows I'm bisexual. Whatever. He doesn't really care. A lot of the time, that's not going to be enough for you in the long run. And I'm just speaking from A, experience, and B, hearing other people's stories, to be honest. Um, And again, I don't don't do this podcast to be just perfectly, um, not politically correct. Of course, I want to be respectful, but I don't do this to make sure that everyone is leaving my podcast feeling completely happy. I want you to be challenged and I want you to get the real scoop on life, girl. Okay. So if you are listening to this and you are in that situation, what I can say to you and what I recommend to you is just have that conversation and know that this is a long-term thing and that they need to be in it for the long run and then in the long haul, just like you are. Because your bisexuality does not cut off the moment you end up in a, a relationship that appears to be straight to other people. Saying this though, you do need to have grace for the people in your life. You need to understand that just because you've now done all this research and you suddenly know I'm bi and I'm this and I know all the terms and I doesn't mean that everyone else is going to. And potentially this is just an opportunity for you to have communication and for you to provide education to other people around you on this topic. And that is good. That's valuable, but you have to be patient and you have to understand that this could be to anyone here who is potentially wanting to come out to anyone in your life, your partner, your parents, whoever they, you need to have patience with them. You need to understand that regardless of what you're telling them, they might need to mourn the ideas that they had of you before. Not that you should have to have their ideas of what you're meant to be on you, but as a parent, that's going to happen naturally. You need to be patient um, and you just need to take it one day at a time. Communication and education is really important. And for example, I, I have a very supportive partner in this. Sam is extremely supportive in this. And um, I think it was maybe like a month ago, maybe two months ago, he actually came home and he sits down on the couch and he goes, honey, I just finished listening to a podcast about bisexuality. And, you know, I learned so much and I answered some of these questions that I had. And it was so sweet. It was like, I cannot believe that he went out of his way just to listen to this, just because he wanted to learn more. But he said to me, there were so many questions that I had for you that I didn't want to ask you because I didn't want to like offend you. But he said to me, you know, like, I'm, I'm glad that I've had these questions answered because even for example, something that he actually kind of thought before was he kind of felt about himself. Like, am I going to be enough for her? Because she's bisexual and isn't there kind of like, like this woman spot in her brain and this man spot in her brain that needs to be filled. And there's this woman spot that's just sitting there empty and waiting to be filled. Like, and he didn't really understand that when I chose him, I chose a person, right? I chose, I chose Sam. I didn't choose a man. Like I didn't choose, oh, I'm choosing the man side. You know, I didn't choose, okay, I'll only fulfill half of me. And that's not, 
how bisexuality works. And, but he's not going to understand that. Of course he's not going to understand that until we have that conversation. And so that's just the biggest thing I want to stress to you guys is communication, communication with everyone in your life about this topic. If you feel like it's weird that you're kind of out and they haven't said anything about it, or you feel like there needs to be a conversation, try to have these conversations. I know they're hard and I know communication is just hard in general, um, but it will strengthen all the relationships in your life to actually have these conversations. Um, or it'll teach you something about that person. Um, and it might show you that, you know, they aren't super supportive and yes, that would suck, but it gives you information on who is a safe person to talk to about certain things and who is not. And that's important, valuable information for you as someone who has something like this where your sexuality isn't just the assumed straight sexuality. And look, regardless of whatever relationship you're in with anyone, whether it's romantic or it's your parents or it's your friends or whatever, you should be constantly wanting to learn more about the other person. And hopefully you are choosing, especially if you're coming into this sexuality um, and accepting, you know, your sexuality, you are having people in your life that are going to be open to you exploring and changing. And if you don't have those people in your life or you can recognize right away, like, oh no, my best friend wouldn't be happy with this. My dad wouldn't be happy with this. My boyfriend wouldn't be happy with this. If you started listing off all these people, maybe it's important that you start to look at who you are choosing to have in your life. And I know, again, of course, I'm, with family, it's harder, it's different. Um, but you know, just starting to assess those things is really important for you and your mental health. I'm just going to jump into the next question, which is how does Sam feel about it? Um, and again, I've already talked about it, but when it, again, when it comes to Sam, I just want to clarify again, I did not choose a side. I chose a person. Um, although I never plan on having any other sexual or romantic partners, I'm still by. Um, I actually came out to my husband when we were married and look, he knew, like he already knew because we had so many conversations about girls. We would like, and we still do where we'll see a girl like walking down the street and we're both like, girl, mm. you know, and we just kind of have these little moments where we kind of joke about it. And like, you know, it's just, it, we have a very interesting relationship. Some people would think this is so weird. Um, but like, you know, sending each other TikToks of certain people and being like, oh my God, love that. Love that for them. Um, it's just how we are, but some people could not handle that. Some people would be like, no, no. If my man said anything about other women, it would make me really jealous. Oh my God. That's another thing I didn't say earlier. I used to be very confused at people being so jealous and not that I haven't been jealous of situations before and people and whatever, but because I'm very comfortable with like the idea of me still having that, the eyes for women or attraction for people, which is going to be human. And just cause you're, you know, I'm married, not dead. So I'm going to have that. Um, I remember that was another like little clue, if you will, is I never felt that like strong jealousy about other women. I was like, yeah, she's hot. Like, I don't blame you. Like <laughs> that was it. Um, again, that's not, um, a, a token and a like permission for infidelity. Absolutely not. But I just think it's important to note that because I thought that was very funny. Um, and speaking of being with a man, I want to talk about imposter syndrome, which is very common for literally anybody really in the LGBTQ plus community, because a lot of people just assume like the standard is straight, right? And then anything other than that, it's like, you're out here trying to figure out if you're like that. And 
a lot of the time when you're trying to validate yourself to feel like you have a certain sexuality, you're trying to look for like clues that are, you know, oh, see, I do do this thing. I do roll up my jeans. I do wear beanies. I do all the buy stuff. Like, and it, the problem with that is that a certain sexuality doesn't look a certain way, right? Being gay doesn't look like one thing, doesn't sound like one thing. Um, you know, being a lesbian doesn't look like one thing. You know, you get femmes, you get masks, you get all these different types of people. And sometimes those categories help people and they help people to understand who they might be attracted to. But we don't have to fall into any label, you know? You don't have to look at yourself as a lesbian and say, I'm this type of lesbian. You don't have to, you know? There are no rules about, like, this is all, these are all tools to help you understand your sexuality and to help you communicate your sexuality to other people and for you to, you know, find partners and enjoy your sexuality. That's what it's about. It's not about making sure that you're filling out a box on a piece of paper when you're doing, like, you know, uh, exam or health exam or whatever, you know, it's not about getting the right answer. It's about exploring and it's about letting yourself be open. Um, but I want to talk about imposter syndrome because it's something that a lot of people struggle with and it's so real. It is so real. And especially when you're first trying to come into understanding your sexuality, if you're like me and you're kind of, you were in that space of like, am I bi? Am I pan? You know, do I just want to just tell people I'm straight because whatever, I married a man, no one's going to know, who cares? Like, do I want to do that? Like, it can make you feel like maybe it's just not worth it. You know, maybe it's just not worth telling anybody. And that is a shit feeling. (laughs) So if you felt that way, I feel you, I understand you. And it is definitely a very common thing to feel. You're not alone in feeling like, wait, am I just fooling myself? Am I making this up? Because a lot of people feel that for a lot of different situations in life, but it def- like definitely sexuality. Um, and that takes me into questions um, that I, I received around biphobia. And again, I mentioned it earlier, but the first question was, can you talk about biphobia in the LGBTQ, LGBTQ plus community? Second question was how people, or can you talk about how people belittle your bisexuality when dating a man? And yes, again, like we've just talked about Sam, love the guy, can't live without him, can't live with him, you know, but especially when dating a man, especially if he's straight, especially if you are femme, like me, this is my situation, it is really hard to feel validated in the community because you might not seem gay. And again, I say that very like quote unquote seem gay because obviously I know that it doesn't look a certain way. Um, and biphobia is a huge biphobia. Did I say that right? Yes. Biphobia is a huge issue in the LGBTQ plus community. Um, sometimes you feel too gay for your straight friend groups. And sometimes you feel too straight for your queer friend groups. And I've never felt more validated in all of these feelings until I read a book called Greedy by Jen Winston. And I actually only read it like a few months ago and I could not recommend it more. If you are bi or you think you might be bi or you just want to learn more about bisexuality, oh my God, her book, it is funny. It's like a little, it's like a little collection of like essays. I was going to say it's like her memoir, but like kind of not, but it's basically just like, she tells a bunch of stories about how she learned understanding, like learned to understand her, her gender, her bisexuality. She's bi, of course, um, talks about like sex and it's just so good. It's so, so good. And I really understood, um, biphobia when she put it into words for me. Um, and saying that as much as I want to validate biphobia and how even within the community, 
you as a bi person potentially really struggle or, you know, you as someone queer struggles in the community as well. Sometimes it's not the safest place for you. Sometimes it isn't the best situation for you. Certain people, of course, that is in the community. You are also very privileged potentially as a bi person in the community. And I mean, it's, and it's important, at least for me, I can only speak for myself that I acknowledge my privilege within the community. I have never experienced a hate crime. I have never had to walk around with the fear of being misgendered, right? I am white. I am femme. Um, I fit like a pretty, I fit close enough to the standard of beauty that a lot of people look to. And I need to recognize that because as much as I'm bi and I struggle with feeling, you know, too straight sometimes and too gay sometimes, like there are a lot of people in the community that do have it worse off. And I just think it's really important again, just to recognize there's privilege there. So yes, I totally feel you. I understand biphobia. Um, I think it's really important that you feel validated in that and that you explore that and you learn more about that so you can read other people's perspectives and stories. And I think that's always helped me. Um, but I did want to give some food for thought on that just because that challenged me so much when I read about this, um, in her book. And again, would recommend her book so much. I'm going to give, um, a bunch of resources in the description for this podcast as well. So I always do that, but just so you guys know, there's going to be like extra stuff in there today, um, just so you really have somewhere to go from here if you want to learn more. Now, I want to talk about coming out. Um, again, I only really came out properly like six months ago. Um, I didn't come out sooner because of my situation, so I have always been really, really involved in church, as a lot of you know. Um, I was actually, I came to Australia to go to a Bible college at that church. If you are gay or anything not straight, <laughs> you can't be on stage. You can't be used in any promotional stuff. You can't lead um, any teams at the church. And you can't participate in the Bible college. And I have had friends that are very close to me kicked out of the Bible college and basically sent home for just being gay, just because they chose to can't come out. Um, and so that's why I didn't come out again. Yes, very traumatic. Um, but also again, for me, it was much easier than a lot of these, a lot of my peers who were queer. Um, and it showed because for me, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but for me, I could pretend I was straight all I wanted. And it was so easy. I have a male like husband or at the time he was my boyfriend, but I, you know, I can be straight for them if I need to be able to go into that space. Um, and I had to stay in the program to be able to keep me in Australia and it was all online because of COVID. So I basically just kind of half-assed my way through so that I could stay in the country. Um, and I just wanted to finish the, the two years of the program that I was doing. Uh, but that's why I didn't come out and it wasn't until I left the church that I was able to come out and, yeah, look, it sucked. It did suck. And I wasn't able to come out while I was in that situation. A, for my safety, 
and for my place in the country. Um, and also just because I knew I wouldn't be allowed to do anything. And also I'd be judged big time. And I was already way too outspoken anyways about sexuality and whatever. So they weren't, they weren't about to let me be on stage or do anything anyways. Um, but you know, I think it just felt like that would have been really unsafe for me. Um, and so I didn't choose to do it until I felt like I was in a safe enough environment, um, to be able to come out even though I knew. Another thing about coming out that I wanted to mention, and I said this earlier a little bit, but you do not need to prove it to anyone that you are whatever sexuality. You don't have to prove to someone that you are something by telling them anything about your sexual history. And I know that seems kind of like strange, but I found myself doing this and I found myself oversharing just to validate what I was saying, um, which in like realistically sexualized myself accidentally because I felt like I had to say certain things to be believed, you know? So I would say, yep, I'm bi. Who knew? I actually love women and I've had this with women and I've done this and I've done that. And kind of like in a subtle way, but just enough so they would go, oh, wow, she really is bi. But you do not need to do that. And I wish that I, I had someone tell me this before I came out because I think I felt like I was surprising everybody and I was like, joke's on you. I'm now this thing that I said I wasn't two months ago. So here's me making sure that you really believe me. Uh, but I want you to know right now, if you want to come out to me first to practice, I'm going to believe you. And there are many people in your life that are going to believe you. And even if you have people in your life that are not going to be supportive, like you are going to find people who support you and you do not have to prove anything to anyone. And I know I mentioned this idea earlier of people thinking that you being bisexual is that you're confused and you're unsure. And that's why you're just like hanging out as a bisexual until you figure things out. Um, I just wanted to point out that people might not believe you, you know, People might think, oh, well, it's just a phase. People might think, oh, well, we'll see. I bet you they're going to be gay. And I, I haven't mentioned this yet, but what is really common is that when women say that they are bisexual, people go, oh, so they want to explore. So they have like a taste for women as well, but they ultimately still see them ending up with a man or they still kind of think of them as straight, but then they go, oh, but they're like a slutty straight girl <laughs> or, you know, they're, they're open or whatever, but they still kind of see straight. Whereas with men, if men say that they're bisexual, a lot of the time people will go, oh, so they're going to be gay. Like, trust me, honey, you're not, you're not bisexual. You're gay. You just don't want to admit it. You're not ready to admit it. And again, it's really disrespectful um, to ever just say to someone that their sexuality is not what they say it is. Um, that's so wrong. And you aren't going to be able to convince anyone. So like I was saying before, you don't need to convince people by giving them examples of when you've been gay or when you've been queer or whatever. Um, but sometimes you can't convince people and don't make it, don't let yourself feel like you have to, you have to know that you are the only person who needs to validate it. You are the only person who needs to feel confident in it and letting people into that part of your life is be, is this beautiful thing. Like it is such, um, an opportunity. It should be such an honor to them to be let into that part of your life. And if they respect you as a person, they will respect that part of you as well.
Two quick questions that I received that I just wanted to throw in here just to kind of shake things up quickly before we you know, continue on, but they're a little bit more relationship-based. The first question is how to go about having a desire to experience being with a woman when you're in a relationship with a man? Um, and that's a really good question. And it's so, it's valid. You know, I'm not going to look at this question and go, but you're in a relationship with a man. Like, no, it's, it's important that we acknowledge these things. And I'm, I'm so proud to see you guys being so brave and asking the questions. Um, cause it's hard to admit these kinds of things. A lot of the time you can feel guilty. Like I shouldn't be having these thoughts. Um, you know, or I shouldn't be thinking this way, but it's totally fine to be thinking these thoughts. And honestly, my answer to that would be communication with your partner. Who knows? Maybe they'll be down for a threesome. That'd be amazing. Maybe you'd like that. Maybe you don't want that. Maybe you just want an experience with a woman. But you need to communicate that to your partner. And ultimately, the answer is never going to be, oh, just go try to have that experience. No, no, no. Like you're in a relationship, you know, and like you would want anyone to respect you, even though you might be bi, you need to be willing to have the communication with that person and respect that person. You need to decide, do I actually want to be in this relationship with this man or am I going to regret not having experienced women? Like, do I need to not be in this relationship right now? And you need to make a call and there needs to be clear communication on it. And who knows, maybe he might go amazing and I'm in. Or another idea, you could talk about having an open relationship with this person, but of course, then you need to assess whether or not you're okay with them being with other people, because that's how you know how comfortable you actually are with wanting to potentially end things or change the way that they are now. So you'll have to talk about that. Second question was, does liking the same sex porn mean that I'm gay? And again, I think this is a great question because I've thought this, like I thought this, you know, I've talked to you guys about um, porn and how I am not a huge advocate for porn just because I know what it does to your brain. Um, and you know, there are resources on that. If you'd like me to put them in the description, I'll put them there anyways, just so you can go to them if you're curious to look into this. Um, I'm not a huge advocate for porn, to be honest. If you're going to watch porn, please watch ethical porn. Um, and if you are going to watch porn and you want to see different types of bodies, no, that does not mean that you are automatically gay. Um, can it mean that you're interested in exploring things or that you're open or whatever? Yeah. But like, uh, you'll hear of a lot of girls who, because they don't like the portrayal of masculinity, um, in the way that women even are perceived and portrayed in porn, um, can make them really uncomfortable. And the way that men are in porn can make them really uncomfortable. And so you'll get a lot of straight girls who prefer to watch women with other women in porn. Um, but they, that doesn't necessarily mean that they want to have sex with a woman. Um, so definitely, you know, explore that. Think about that. Ask yourself, do these choices that I'm making when I'm watching porn potentially affect my sexuality or not? And there's no correct answer. I just thought it was a valid question and I wanted to bring it up because I think a lot of people have thought this. Someone's asked, um, how did you tell your family? I've known forever, but I don't think it's worth telling them. And uh, I wanted to like, I'm going to talk a little bit 
in a second about Christianity and how that affects all of this, um, which I've, you know, I've mentioned, of course, that I was very involved in that. So it is definitely a big part of my story. And I know a few of you have asked about Christianity. So I'm going to talk about that in a second. But right now I want to focus on this idea of whether or not telling people is quote unquote worth it or necessary, because this is something I really struggled with for a while. Um, I think that I use this idea of it not being necessary to justify staying in the situation I was in because I didn't want to face what actually needed to be done for me. Like I wasn't living a lie, you know, and I, I don't know. I just feel like it was on my mind so much. And I knew that I was kind of like lying to myself. I knew I was lying to my husband who he knew, but I hadn't actually said it to him. So in my mind, it felt like I was holding something in and even as much as I, I knew who I was, um, I just, I couldn't get myself to say it because I felt like it was bad. And that's definitely a lot of internalized homophobia, which someone has asked about as well. Um, but you know, this might be different for you. I think when it comes to choosing when you should come out again, like I've just said, I chose not to because I kind of couldn't because of my situation. Um, and then after I graduated, then it took me a few months. And then I was like, okay, I actually can. But then I was so scared. And I realized I was using that as like a crutch of like, oh, I can't. I'm in college, whatever. I'm not going to. So I didn't let myself think about it. You know, I didn't have like a plan of all oh, the day I graduate, I'm going to come out. Um, I didn't plan any of that. And so then I realized, oh my God, I was just using that to put it out of my mind, like out of mind, out of sight. Is that it? Is that what that is? You know what I'm saying? But I was trying to keep it out of my mind. And then I was like, okay, you know what? Like, I actually do want to do this, but you need to figure that out for yourself. And if I can help you in any way, I would say that you need to think of things like, is this good timing for me? Right. Do I want people to know? Like, do I actually want them to know? Do I think this actually adds to my life? Um, do I want to tell everybody? Like, again, of course you can, a lot of people have it where they, they tell their best friend and then they tell their mom or, you know, they know dad's not going to get it. So they tell their sister or, you know, you tell the people that you feel the most comfortable with and start from there. Like you don't have to have a PSA. You don't have to post it on your social media. Um, you just start where you feel comfortable and you, you know, you might have negative experience with some of those people. You might have positive experiences, but you need to just work kind of one person at a time and not feel like it's this big weight that just one day has to shift off of you. Um, just try to take it again a day at a time. That's like the best advice I can give you on this. Um, yeah. So find the balance between knowing that you don't owe anyone an explanation on your sexuality, but equally that you are 100% validated regardless of the relationship that you are currently in. And I think that anytime you can choose to align who you are with what you are saying better and better, the better you're going to feel in yourself, the more confident you're going to feel. So I just, from experience, the more people that knew in my life, the more I felt like I could be myself in my whole life, if that makes sense. Um, so again, it, it completely goes to your situation. You need to think of what's going to work for you. Um, also people don't have to know it for it to be true. That's another thing. I really felt like this. I felt like I'm only actually by once everyone knows, but if it's just me knowing, like it doesn't really, it's not really valid. Like I kind of felt, and this is, again, this might just be because social media and because I use social media quite like 
is predominantly like in my life. And I, you know, feel like I, I like to be a certain way on social media or whatever. Like I, I felt like I was bi in my personal life, but like straight on social media, <laughs> if that makes sense. Because I never, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know if I should come out, if I should, what am I going to do? Like make a photo of me smiling and then make the caption, I'm bi. Like, I don't know. I just felt so weird. And that's the thing about social media is like, some people like that. Some people like to have their big moment and they like to come out and do this whole thing. And that's great. Like do what you want to do, but just do what feels right for you. I think that's another thing is that people then start going and watching videos, oh, coming out videos, uh, how to come out, who to come out to. And you're looking up all this stuff. You're trying to figure out what to do. And someone else's answer is not going to be your answer. And that's the problem is it, it's hard because then you're going to go and you're going to see, okay, this person did a YouTube video. Maybe I'll do a YouTube video. Maybe it'll go viral. And maybe, you know, I'll like have this really amazing experience, but like equally people might just kind of be like, Oh, that's great. Good for you. And then are you going to be disappointed by that response? And I think you need to ask yourself those questions before you do anything (laughs) and to kind of figure out, okay, what do I want? And then make those choices. Cause obviously once you make the choices, it can't really go back. So, you know, figure out what you think is going to be appropriate, what's going to work for you, what's going to work in your favor, and then go from there. Now I want to talk about, um, the next question about the church, um, which I mean, I've connected it kind of to the church and to family and my past and whatever. But the question is, did you experience any internalized homophobia? And my answer is yes, a hundred percent, one billion percent, especially growing up in the church. Oh, they've actually asked that. Okay. That makes sense. That's why I, I did this. Okay. <laughs> We're back on track. hundred percent. Um, I, as much as I love my dear mother, I grew up with her, like definitely not agreeing that it was the right thing. And I remember I'd ask her questions like, what do you think? Do you think it's bad? Do you think it's good? And she would just say, oh, it's definitely not God's plan. And as a, like, she might still believe that. I don't know. And as a lot of Christians, like a lot of Christians do believe that, like, or as being myself who have been a lot around a lot of Christians, I know that a lot of people believe that, yeah, there's nothing, you know, nothing too bad with it. It's just like, it's not God's intention for you, or you're just not quite following like the plan that God has for your life. But you don't realize how much Christians hold that as like the highest standard ever, right? That's like, that's the whole meaning of life is doing what God's planned for you. Um, and so it really is quite a backhanded thing that they're saying. Um, another thing that you'll hear Christians say is like, love the sinner, hate the sin. But again, that's bullshit because the sin is being the person who they truly are being like the sin is being themselves. And like the fact that if you were gay and you were in church and you were looking at people talking about sins as being like murder and like cheating on someone and gossip and like, I don't know, just a bunch of negative things. And then also being gay, you'd be like, Oh, so this is like a really bad thing. Like this is a sin, you know? And they don't really realize that you're, they're just like what they're saying a lot of the time. Um, anyways, so yes, I grew up with a lot of those kind of messages. Um, and I remember very distinctly, and I think this is a big part of why I've had, um, definitely homophobic, like beliefs or or feelings towards people. Um, when I, I remember being little and like watching Glee with my mom and my sister. And I remember I freaking loved Glee. Can you guys imagine me a little singer, like a little fruity? Oh my God, Glee. I, I could fuck up some Glee, to be honest. It was amazing. Um, and I loved it. And I remember seeing scenes where like, 
two guys would be kissing and my mom would be like, guys, cover your eyes, cover your eyes. Like, it'd be like we were watching a scary movie. And then when your parents are like, cover your eyes, I don't want you to see this. Like, she would do that for anything that was like homophobia or like she would, would be her expressing homophobia. And again, I want to remind you guys to have grace for the people in your life, what they've grown up with, what they've been taught. Like, my mom was raised super, super Christian. Like, the, the, it's extremely different how she raised us in comparison to how she was raised in that we got to do so much more than she was able to do. So this is not me hating on her at all. She is a wonderful mother. She has done so much to just help me become who I am, obviously, um, you know, but that was something that definitely affected me. And I think that growing up, you need to recognize that obviously your parents did things wrong. Like, or your, at least your parents did things the way you wouldn't do them. And that's definitely something that I wouldn't do for my kids. Um, but I would definitely, anytime I would see like two men kiss, I would be like, Ooh, like, that's not, that's not natural. It just feels wrong to me. I think that's God telling me it's wrong. And then I, when I started to feel this feeling in myself and I started to explore my sexuality for myself, I think then I realized like, that didn't come because I have this intuitive feeling about gay people and why it's wrong. That didn't come because the Holy Spirit is telling me that this is wrong. It came because I was taught that it was wrong. It came because I was told not to like these people. I was told that they were bad people. I was told that they were unnatural. You know, I was told that it wasn't what God had planned for them. So I felt bad for them. It like, absolutely. I had internalized homophobia and sometimes I still have moments where I feel that way to be completely honest. Um, but it's something that I've come so far with. And now I obviously recognize it in myself of like, Oh, that's not from me. That's not from a genuine place of who I am. That comes from, um, like a trauma or that comes from a, a, a past thing and it's okay. And it's something that, especially if you grew up in the church um, and you were told these messages, you have to be able to work on this and you have to start to unlearn, 100%. So next question is, how do you deal with people with strong opinions coming against you for being bi? I think I've kind of answered this one. Um, I've already talked about what it's like to feel like you're being judged from someone in the LGBTQ plus community. Again, it's just biphobia and whatever. We can deal with that. Um, I, I think the only thing I would answer to this is that no one, no one deserves to have a say in your life. Like if you have people that are really close to you, like family, and you aren't wanting to cut them off completely, you have to establish boundaries if they aren't going to respect your sexuality. If they aren't going to use your correct pronouns, if they aren't going to respect you, you have to have boundaries. It's the only thing that is going to save your mental health in these conversations, in these relationships. Um, obviously, your tolerance for this is going to be different person to person. Some people might be very comfortable saying, you know what, I know my pronouns are she and my grandpa always uses he, but he doesn't get it, whatever, I love him, he's just an old man. Like some people are very happy and very comfortable to do that. Personally, I'm very big on respect and I'm like, look, you can be blood related to me if you are gonna be disrespectful or homophobic or whatever, you can GTFO. That's just me. Um, but again, that's totally a personal thing. It's gonna be different for everyone and you don't, don't also don't feel like you have to cut off certain people just because they don't agree with you. Um, you need to do whatever's gonna be best for you. It's gonna be the safest thing for you. Um, what's gonna support your mental health, your physical safety, and that's all you can do for yourself. Um, 
Again, I do not support the idea that respecting your parents looks like putting yourself in unsafe spaces um, and letting yourself feel disrespected like constantly by them. Um, if someone can't acknowledge at a minimum um, that they need to respect you and respect something like your sexuality, which is obviously going to be such an important part to who you are, then why do you know you think that they would respect any of the other decisions that you want to make in life? Um, how are they gonna? What's gonna happen? You know, when you want to potentially get married to someone, or even when you have kids and you want to do all these things, like constantly having that voice in your life, you need to figure out how much you want that voice in your life and create boundaries according. Next question is, how did you come out to fam and friends with all of the religious beliefs that you hold? Another question was, how did you feel comfortable to come out as bi while surrounded by Christians? So I definitely believe that you can be Christian and not be straight, first of all. I don't know if I've said this, but there are some really great resources about debunking the six verses that tend to be quoted from the Bible that people will use against the LGBTQ plus community to invalidate, you know, why unfortunately they can't be gay and Christian, which is bullshit. Um, this was probably one of my first steps to being able to accept myself because for the longest time, I really just thought it was one or the other. Like I just thought, okay, I'm either going to get to explore my sexuality or I'm going to be a Christian. Like that's it. Um, and I actually started exploring this like ages ago. And I know I told you guys that I've only actually come out in the last like year, but I remember in one of the first few months I moved to Australia, I remember realizing like, wow, this church is really not affirming. Um, this church is really not <laughs> here for the gays. Um, and it made me so uncomfortable because I knew it was a big part of my life. I didn't know what I identified as, but I knew it was a big part of my life. Um, and I remember looking up like, like LGBTQ plus affirming churches in my area. And that was like years ago. So it's always been a part of my life. It's just when you can actually tell people is definitely a big step. Um, but yeah, so that is something you can do. Like I just said, looking up fully affirming churches is what people will call it. And there are websites that you can go on and they have like, um, webs, like, a like a map and it can help you find little, you know, churches in your area and whatever. There are lovely Christian queer people that I know. Um, if a queer person is able to step into a church that technically wouldn't allow them to sing on the stage and whatever, but they feel like it's a safe place for them to be able to practice their spirituality, then I would never judge them. I would never tell them that they shouldn't be supporting, you know, that church or whatever. Saying that, it wasn't something that I was able to do. Ultimately, I couldn't come out until I left the church, but more specifically the college, because obviously then I would have been deported. <laughs> so seeing gay peers of mine that were literally kicked out of the college, um, that was what really forced me in the end to feel like, okay, cool. I'm not welcome in this space. Um, people in my community are not welcome in this space. And it honestly made me feel quite sick towards the leadership and the beliefs of the church because I, at least for that specific church, I was like, you know what, you can do so much good for people, but if you're going to kick someone out because of their sexuality, I can't be out here pretending to enjoy your songs and, you know, like laugh at the jokes that are said from stage. Like when there's this big, horrible thing happening behind the scenes and I felt honestly quite crazy at the time. I really just felt like that, like black sheep. I felt like that one person who was like bitter from the church, who, who didn't listen enough in the classes to help you understand the church as a whole and all this stuff. I felt like that person who's really doing the wrong thing. 
because I just couldn't, um, I couldn't see it anymore. I couldn't be a part of it. I couldn't support it. I knew even just going into that space and sitting in the seat, I felt like I was supporting it. Um, and I was giving them the stage and I was like, you know what? I know a lot of amazing queer people and a lot of even Christian queer people that deserve the platform more and deserve my eyes more, deserve, you know, anything like the, the comments, the likes, the, the, I don't know, like the engagement more. And so I chose to leave. If you are Christian and you think you might be a part of the LGBTQ plus community, all I can say to you is do what's going to make you feel safe. If you want to practice your spirituality in a space that makes you feel safe, even though you know you can't do certain things, but like you still know you're getting something out of it, then there is no judgment from me. And I honestly, I don't think there should be judgment from other people as well for you um, being a part of that space. Um, Like I definitely lean a lot more on the side of, you know, give money, give time, give effort, give talent to places that are going to be... um, benefiting more than yourself. But again, that's not being said with judgment. That's just my take on that. And that's where I had to land for my sake. I couldn't be in that building anymore, guys. Like I remember after lockdown walking in and being so anxious, so anxious, like hated it. I, like I had never felt so self-conscious in a, so long. And then being in, in, in that room and then being like, oh my God, I think my stomach is showing like, oh my gosh, I think my shoulders are showing. Like then suddenly being like, okay, this is not a safe space for me. I don't feel like myself. Um, I feel like I have to mask certain things here. And it just made me realize very quickly that that wasn't going to be a space for me, but that's okay. Like that's okay. And I'm so proud of myself, honestly, for leaving when I had to leave and for just being honest with like Sam, who at the time was still involved. And that was a very hard conversation that we had to have. Um, and you know, it, it was just, it's communication. And I go back to, what I said earlier about communication, I actually didn't mention it earlier about coming out, but I told Sam when we were married that I was bi. And the first time I told him, I was actually, he was coming home from work or something, I think. And I was watching a YouTube video about being bi and I had it on the TV and I was kind of like, maybe this is like, maybe he'll ask me about it. Cause I just didn't want to tell him and I didn't want to make a thing of it. And then I was kind of like, Hey babe, I think it might be bi and kind of joked about it. And he was like, you're not bi. And then like walked away. <gasps> oh my God. And I, it hurt me so much. And it's so unfair because at the time I was like, you didn't care. You, you know, you don't believe me. But he was like, I thought you were joking. Like you literally, you say shit like that all the time. Like you're just a little crazy, you know? And I was like, okay, yeah, true. Like that's fair. You know, not that he calls me crazy. He would be joking by the way. I do not allow certain language in my home. Um, but no, like I didn't actually tell him properly. It wasn't like a proper conversation. And then eventually, like, I think it was like a few days later, I was like, Hey, just want to let you know the other day that was actually really hurtful. And I actually am by, and he was like, Oh, like, I know, like, it's okay. Of course. And then we had a chat about it, but I didn't tell you guys that, but there you go. Now, you know, um, but yeah, so telling people in your life will just be like a day at a time kind of thing. This is something that you need to work on over time and you need to be constantly assessing, are these people I want to be with? Is this a space I want to be in? Um, and how do I want to move forward with this? So, This is kind of the end of the podcast. 
I'm just going to go through a quick few things I've written down. I think there's like six things that I've written down that if you are exploring your sexuality, these are the things I want you to keep in mind. These are like kind of the main takeaways. Obviously, there's been some random stuff throughout. Hopefully, you feel like you've learned a lot about bisexuality. Hopefully, you feel like you've learned more about me in my personal life and um, gives you more context for the rest of the podcasts. And these are the few things that I would tell you if you are exploring your sexuality. Number one, don't lie to yourself. Feeling like you have to lie to yourself and the closest people in your life will tear you apart. Secrets cause tremendous guilt and this can not only affect you mentally but physically as well. If you are queer, you are queer baby girl, there's no praying it away. Conversion therapy is toxic, it doesn't work and it's dangerous. It is dangerous. Start writing it down, say it out loud to yourself, see what feels right and see what resonates. And that's how you're going to help yourself choose and fully like adopt a label. Number two is challenge your beliefs and you have to unlearn things. Speaking of self-love in the last podcast, the best self-love and self-love and self-growth and whatever that I gave to myself that I had to do in this past year was consistently making choices that allow me to show up consistently as my authentic self. That meant, like I've just said before, asking myself, Why does showing my midriff in this place make me feel uncomfortable? Who sexualized my tummy, right? Who When was I told this? When did this come up? Who sexualized my shoulders? Or why do I feel like straight is the right answer to my bi problem? Who made me feel that way? And take time to reflect because you need to unlearn these messages. And again, I've kind of mentioned this earlier, but try to do this with grace, recognizing how others were raised, recognizing generational differences, et cetera, okay? And this isn't giving people excuses to be homophobic, but it's a stepping stone to a conversation. And the goal in your life and in this whole situation and in questioning everything and in unlearning, it's healing, okay? It's healing, it's not blaming. Number three is educate yourself. Consume content from people in the community. Follow people on social media, read books from folks who are trans, who are gay, who are non-binary. Follow disabled queer people, follow queer people of color. Start to see this community holistically, holistically, and stay open-minded. Don't allow... Don't allow yourself to become the person in the community that gay keeps what gay looks like, what bi looks like, because it looks like so many different things. And realize what ways of thinking you might have that are problematic and hurtful to others. Ask yourself where these messages have come from. It's very possible to have internalized homophobia and still be gay, right? Like I talked about, this is way more common than you would think. If you're willing to hate on a straight white man just because of his color, his gender, his sexuality, then you need to check yourself. Number four is ask yourself, are the people around me giving me the space to show up as myself? Think family, think friends. Number two, are the spaces that you are going Two, giving you the space to explore, right? Think work, church, school, extracurriculars, if you will. And take time on this and ask it continuously as you go to these spaces. 
Number five, I want to say, don't let shame convince you to mask who you are. Ask yourself, who would I be if no one was judging me? Don't let the fear of judgment stop you from being yourself because it's going to have to come out eventually. What things are you conforming to because you feel like you should? Try to recognize the use of the word should in your vocabulary. Ooh, this was a big one for me. There are things you genuinely need to do, of course, and there are things that you want to do, of course, but if you're constantly doing things because you feel like you quote unquote should do, just ask yourself why. And number five, I think, be grateful of the times that you are living in. If you live in a country where you can marry someone of the same gender, be grateful. I already know that you are so strong just for still being here if you've struggled with your sexuality. So stay strong in this. Don't compare your situation to others. There are going to be people who have more supportive families. There are going to be people who have more queer friends and you might feel completely alone, but reach out to people, reach out to me if you want to, like I am here, my DMs are open. I always say this and take it a day at a time. If you guys want to reach out to me, my Instagram is Alyssa Taylor Harper. I always link it in the description so you can see that as well down there. And if you have learned something today and you have someone who's bisexual in your life and you think this could help them, send this to them um, or share it on your stories. Sometimes you guys do that and it is so helpful and you guys have no idea because I get messages sometimes like from people saying, oh, someone shared your podcast on their story and now it's made me think about this and blah, 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 blah. And you guys have no idea like how much you can share, like you reach people that I cannot reach. And so thank you so much for sharing it with people. And I just, I hope you guys liked this episode. It's a little bit long, so kind of sorry about that one. Um, but there's a lot to get through. And if you like episodes like this, if you like chatting about sexuality, because you guys already know that I do, then let me know because I can, I'm going to do more. Um, again, if you guys liked this episode, then I'm thinking of doing some interviews as well with other queer people in my life. So I have like friends who are non-binary. I have friends who are trans. I have just friends who are gay. Like I have people in my life that would love to share, um, and give you guys perspective and help you learn more if that's what you want. So let me know. I hope you guys have a lovely day. Thanks for listening and I'll see you guys next time. Bye.